a good friend of mine, Colin Ward. He and I would basically kind of work the realtor circuit together, work various trade shows together. We walked around a trade show with these red shirts that said, I find you money. And so we went to a builder's convention. The two of us were brand new in the mortgage game, really didn't know what was up from down. And yeah, we walked through this trade show with these silly shirts that I find you money. They were bright red. I think my face was as red as the shirt. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. But we went out there and we did it. We did it. Have, okay. Did it work? Did or did it not work? It didn't work. No. <laughs> didn't. <laughs> oh, this is a failure story. I'm like, this sounds like amazing. Like, yeah, let's no. do this. Okay. Hold on. This is right up. This, messed up here. this is a failure story. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Josh Agelke. Josh is with Mortgage Connection, based out of Calgary, Alberta. He's been in the mortgage business for 13 years, and he's got an awesome attitude. And the cool thing about Josh, since 2014, he's averaged 100 mil a year every single year, even though the Calgary market up until recently, anyway, was very challenging and to continue to crush out 100 mil a year in that market to me is very impressive. So a couple takeaways from this conversation with Josh. First, he shares a hilarious story about a trade show that he went to with builders. He had this great bright red shirt that said, I find money on it. I think it's a hilarious example of trying anything for marketing. We talk about his team structure. So who's on his team and what they do. Talk a little bit about his process. Like how is he funding 100 mil a year? He's got a young family. He has all his hair. So like, you know, he's obviously doing something right. So we talk about that. And then we also talk about his general philosophy on working with realtors. So about 50% of his business comes from real estate agents. He talks about his philosophy, his mindset around working with realtors, as well as he shares one thing that he believes helps make him more successful in his realtor partnerships. I think you're really going to dig this episode with Josh. He's an awesome guy. Check it out. And thanks again for checking out this episode. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Scott. So how did you get into the mortgage business? So most people in kindergarten didn't say, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So what was your path into our industry? I started in real estate at a pretty young age, actually. I bought my first house at 21, was obsessed with real estate, would drive my friends and family nuts. It's all I wanted to talk about. Bought a second property at the age of 23 and just absolutely adored the thought of real estate. And so I was actually an electrician at the time, Scott, and I wired Canada Mortgage Direct. I had a job where I was running this job. I had apprentices and was working actually on wiring a mortgage brokerage. And so the owners, three of them, would come by the brokerage and see how the project was going. And I would quiz them on their careers and how they liked what they did for a living. And it was kind of funny. Like they'd come ask me questions. I was asking them questions. Well, one of them brought me some books. And so I'd study the books at night. I finished wiring the building. I challenged the exam and I rented a desk. <laughs> so you literally wired the building and then said, okay, I'll start working here. And then, so how long did it take you to wind down the electrical business and go full into the mortgage business? I went all in. I literally went all in. I took the leap of faith and jumped into the deep end. So, so but if you must've had a decent electrical company, do you had a crew working on that with you or is it just you that wired it? Well, I'm sorry. I didn't own the company. I was, oh, I see. Okay, okay. yeah, I yep. just, that was kind of my job that I was, I was helping to run. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I gave some notice to the company I worked with. And, and like I said, I rented a desk in the building that I wired. And then how long did it take to replace your electrical income? About 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. I really hustled, like hustled. <laughs> right. And Canada Mortgage Direct had some pretty good producers in there, right? 
Incredible. Yeah, yeah, a number of which I still look up to today. You know, they were instrumental in helping me get to where I am. So I'm very grateful for my start. Okay. And then, so just so people are listening, if it's okay with you, so like what do you kind of average per year now? 13 years in the mortgage business, what kind of volume do you typically average? Basically, year over year since the year of 2014, we're 100 million, just over 100 million. 100 million. And how many units would that be? 300 units. Right. If you were in some other markets, that number would be like, even bigger. It'd be more like 200, you know, if you move to Toronto, man, uh, I'm just kidding. You don't have to move to Toronto. Okay. So before we dive into your story, I love quotes. I think they're memorable. They're portable. Do you have a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? Yeah. When I very first started in the business, it was quite a transition going from an electrician to a mortgage broker. So I did the Dale Carnegie training and there's a quote that Dale Carnegie has that I love and it's always stuck with me. And that's only the prepared deserve to be successful. Ooh, that's good. So how have you applied that to your life or your business? Basically anything that I have coming up, whether it be a presentation or a meeting with a broker or a realtor, that quote's always sitting in the back of my mind. So I do that little extra work to make sure I'm prepared for anything. Right. Can you think of an example recently, something that you were like, put some extra time into preparing that helped get it over the hump? Well, a lot of this stuff in our brokerage, right? We started Mortgage Connection in May 1st of 2018, and we've had tremendous success since inception. And we always spend that extra time, myself, my two partners, putting various things together. So, right, right. Okay. And so failure happens, of course, as a, you know, in the mortgage business entrepreneur, not everything goes according to plan, but there's always a lesson when you look back. So can you think of something that you failed at, but now looking back, you're like, oh, there's actually a lesson in there for me. I've got a story I kind of giggle about, like right in the first year of business, we did everything. I say we, a good friend of mine, Colin Ward, he and I would basically kind of work the realtor circuit together, work various trade shows together. We walked around a trade show with these red shirts that said, I find you money. And so we went to a builder's convention. The two of us were brand new in the mortgage game, really didn't know what was up from down. And yeah, we walked through this trade show with these silly shirts that I find you money. They were bright red. I think my face was as red as the shirt. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. But we went out there and we did it. We did didn't it. Okay. Did it work? Did or did it not work? It didn't work. No. <laughs> didn't. Oh, this is a failure story. I'm like, this sounds like amazing. Like, yeah, let's no. do this. Okay, hold on. This is right up. I messed up here. This is a failure story. Okay, so you went to these conference. Did you talk to people or have cards or what did you do? Yeah, we talked to people, a few booths, tried to introduce ourselves, who we are, that we're mortgage brokers. Thought maybe we could drum up some builder business, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a failure, but we still have the shirts today, Colin and I. Actually, I just pulled it out of the closet a week ago or so to have a chuckle. You look back at the things that you did to get to where you are, right? And it was just right. getting outside of that comfort zone. I love that story, and I love the shirt, too. You should send me a picture of you with the shirt. I want to see it. I will. Uh, you can wear it now because you do find people money, $100 million of money a year. Now you've actually come full circle. It's actually true. So let's talk about COVID. What's the single biggest change that you've made to your business since covid you know, has affected pretty much every area of life. What I love about this business, Scott, is that it feels to me like it's a business of constant change, right? Constant rule changes, constant efficiency changes. The business is a moving target. And I love that. It feels like to me, especially since 2016, that things really don't sit still. You know, you're always having to adapt and change and pivot. And COVID certainly threw quite a curveball at us, right? Where, you know, my team's working from home. We're really relying on technologies. I find right now the biggest change I've made is myself is actually trying to set realistic expectations with clients. So like, give me an example of like something that uh, expectation that you've had to change or adapt because you can't serve people the way you used to. Turnaround times would be the biggest, right? We don't want to put any added pressure on our underwriters at the banks or lenders either. 
right? Like, so they don't need that. There's enough pressure. There's enough volume. I feel like there's just a lot on everybody's shoulders. So it's having that conversation with clients. Let them know this is going to take a few days. This is not going to be a quick turnaround. So let's not expect that. Right. We're in the queue. So, okay. This is actually a great topic because I think yeah. people listening to this, this is a common problem right now. If I'm a client, what's your typical verbiage that you'd say to somebody? You know, it's very nice that I get to lean on my experience, right? So 13 years, I don't want to throw that at them, but it's just something I use to reassure them. Like, hey, yeah, guys. Okay, so you, hey, look, I know what I'm doing. So this is yeah. not like my first rodeo. Okay, so you'd say, just pretend I'm a client and you're explaining to me my expectation of time. I'd like to hear if that's okay with you. Yeah, no problem okay. at all. So we've got all the documents. My team and I have reviewed the documents. Everything that you provided looks great. Your deal's submitted. It's in the queue for approval. We've got the documents submitted and in for approval. Because of the current volumes in the Canadian market space as a whole, the banks are a little bit behind, but as I said, everything does look great. As soon as we hear back, we should have an update, hopefully with the documents reviewed, but we're probably looking at about three to four business days right now with current turnaround times. Right. The thing is most clients don't know what to expect anyway, right? Like, right. like they don't do this enough to be like, what do you mean three days? It should be tomorrow kind of thing. So, so you mentioned team. So tell me about your team. Like how big is your own personal production team? And then that's the first question. The second question is what part of the process do you do? So my team, actually two years in the business, I hired an underwriter probably well before I should have. <laughs> There's quite a few. Uh, what kind of volume were you doing when you hired that underwriter? 30 million. Right. Well, that's not a bad thing though. I mean, it probably helped you get to the next hump, but carry on. Sorry. No, but it absolutely did, Scott. I went for it. I had no kids. You know, my wife now is a girlfriend at the time. And I, like I said, right from the beginning, I knew I was going to go all in. So I made a risk and I went for it. And there are a couple months that went by where, you know, he was getting paid and maybe I wasn't yeah. uh, or a couple of weeks, but it worked out really well without question. Help me get from that 30 to 50 mark. And so right now I'm actually running two underwriters and a fulfillment specialist, like a doc kind of database, entry, file storage, that sort of stuff. So is there one fulfillment or two? One fulfillment, two underwriters and myself. Okay. And then when a lead comes in, what happens? Do you call them? Does your team, what's your process there? I'm curious. I deal with the leads. I deal with the leads. I come up with kind of the game plan, the approach, what we're going to use. Even often I send the initial documentation list that we'll require. I work the lead as it comes through and then kind of help it get to once it's a live deal. And essentially right. once it's a live deal, have a very nice handoff right from the onset. The very first conversation I have with clients, I try to introduce the team. I never want a client to feel like they've been handed off. And if you don't introduce them, I feel like people naturally do believe. They feel like, hey, why, where did you go? But exactly. you, yeah. So what do you, okay, what do you say if you're talking to me, how do you sell your team? Because we always talk about to our coaching clients, you got to sell your team. Well, basically that, you know, that we have a team. There's four of us. Every day we're reviewing files, going through the files, and four heads are better than one. And I, right, I find that right. that saying in itself is just enough for people to know that I'm not just walking away. I'm also going through and reviewing the deal with my team basically on a daily even if it's just little updates, we'll run through our deal flow. I find that, you know, there were times where I lose touch of clients because my underwriters would take it away. I'm trying to make more of a point now, Scott, even if it's just some little touch, I'll ask my underwriter to give me some sort of tidbit of information. So if I've got extra time, I can call the client just to let them know I'm still there and I still care. Right. Okay. So a lead comes in. So do you do, okay, I got a question. I did a survey recently on, do you take the application over the phone or do you send a link or what do you do for application? I transitioned about three to four years ago to as many online as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And is that before you get on a call with them or do you do an initial call and say, Hey, go fill out this app. How do you do that? I do an initial call with them and I get some information and I'll have a sheet going with some notes written down. And then I give them the options like, Hey, we can do an application over the phone 
or I've got a very secure online application that you can fill out in five to 10 minutes, whatever works best for you. I find that people just tend to gravitate now towards that online. That's a great script, by the way. You emphasize the word secure. Yes. I can take the application over the phone or a secure online application that takes you five to 10 minutes. Yeah. And so what percentage of people would you say take the app versus the phone? I'm willing to bet I'm up to about 75% that are doing the online apps now. Right. Okay. That's fantastic. Okay. So then you kind of come up with a strategy, then the team implements the lender side, right? Is that correct? Correct. And does your team ever talk to your clients or is it just you? No, they absolutely do. Right. Yeah. Without question. So, and because I've introduced the team right from the onset, it's no problem if Joe or Jasmine pick up the phone, say, Hey, I'm Joe. I work with Josh here, Mortgage Connection. People, they're open to it. They're almost expecting it is what I find. And so, yeah, they have no problem picking up the phone and running through the deal. Okay. So in terms of like leads, where would you say your business comes from now? I'm still heavily focused on referrals from realtors. I've got a number of realtors I work with have tremendous relationships with a great deal of them. And then just that database seems to turn. So if you had to guess a percentage, what do you think is percent of realtors versus? I'm probably 50, 50, pretty darn close to 50, 50 now. Yeah. And are you in a real estate office or anything? No, no. I did that once before. I personally probably wouldn't do that part again. I just like to have my own space. Right. Well, once you get, yeah, I mean, it's a great starting point because you can get to meet a bunch of people, but eventually you're like, okay, I actually prefer, you know, my own space and that you can work with realtors at different companies and not have them feel like you're cheating on them or something. Correct. (laughs) Right. Right. And then in terms of like, so I talked about team a little bit, leads a little bit. So what's one thing you did at least initially that's really helped you, you think secure realtor partners? That's interesting. Communication. I'd say communication is absolutely key with the realtor partners. You know, I've always treated them like the quarterback and I think they like that. Quite often they bring the deal, right? Right. So they're the quarterback. I'm a player on their team, right? Right. And so I treat it as such. It's my job to report back to the team captain. It's, I guess, how I've always treated it. So we've built campaigns and different progress kind of touches that go to the realtors every step along the way. They know that they can call or text message me. I've got a young family. Most of them are absolutely amazing with that too. Like they'll text in the evening, say, Hey Josh, just wondering where this is at. Can you let me know tomorrow? I know you're with the kids. Incredible, right? It's actual right. part. So if you're listening, there are awesome realtors out there. Like don't think that, you know, if you have a few bad ones, don't let them taint you that there are great ones out there. Like you're talking about. It took me a long time to let realtors go, Scott, a long time. You work so hard to get them, but I'm more than okay now to let a realtor kind of part ways and go their own to a different broker, maybe. Right. If they're not a fit. So you said communication, which I think is a key thing. So what's one specific form of communication, whether it's digital, personal, that you do on your loan process that you think helps you stand out? We do digital. I don't want to bog up their phones, tie them up. Okay. What does that mean? Digital? Is that text, email? Emails. We run a process called Connect Steps. An email goes out when the deal's been submitted. An email goes out when we've got the commitment. An email goes out once they can waive financing along with an approval letter to please go ahead and remove financing. An email goes out when the lawyers received instructions. Right, okay. And these are all automated emails. We have to go in and just kind of cut and paste, add a few. We have to key in a few things, but for the most part, they're automated, yes. Right, okay, that's super cool. All right, so I'm gonna ask some rapid fire questions. Now you can answer these with shorter answers if you like. So what's one thing that we can't find out about you from Google? (laughs) If you can't find out Google, I don't know that I wanna share it, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm not answering the question. (laughs) You kind of did, you said, okay, one thing I couldn't find on Google was the shirts. I probably wouldn't see that on Google. There you go, let's run with that one. The red shirts. Okay, what's a movie that everyone should watch at least once? 
you know what? I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch adult movies with three little kids at home. And the kids movie. You know, my favorite movie of all time is Megamind. <laughs> well, Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to watch it. It's got Brad Pitt, Tina Fey, Will Ferrell. Like I've watched it 10 times at least. I'm like a big kid. <laughs> I love that movie. Well, I'll put that down. One movie we did watch though recently that really had an impact on me. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. That was a good one with uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. That was yeah, a very I, good movie. I loved it. You know, we're in the business of dealing with people. And that sometimes I find when you're trying to do big volume and it becomes transactional, you can kind of lose focus on the fact that you're really working with people. Right. Right. And, and I think sometimes we just need to slow things down and remember that there's someone's life on the other end. Right. Yeah. And that movie was, I don't know, maybe it was at the right timing for me, but that one really hit home. Yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah. All right. So what's one software program or digital tool you can't run your business without? Trello. Trello. I have lived in Trello since 2016. I find it the most user-friendly, adaptable software that I've ever used. For so do you, do you use it for the checklists and for the board so you can move files along? Is that what you do with it? Or? Yep. yep. Checklist, yeah. board, moving files along and communication with three full-time staff. So four of us, we just tag each other in each card. Like, hey, can you please order the appraisal? That's all I got to write. I don't have to put anything right. else in there because they know I'm referring to that client and that card specifically. Well, you probably have a paid version, but it's not that expensive. Correct. Yeah. All right. So what's one book you could recommend for our listeners? Legacy. Obviously, there's the greats. Brene Brown, Simon Sinek, a big fan of Darren Hardy, but Legacy by James Kerr. It's about the New Zealand rugby team, the All Blacks, the most winning team in rugby. It's a book about leadership, working your way to the top, but staying on top. Right. It's harder to stay. Yeah. Getting there temporarily. That's a one thing. Staying there is a whole other. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Legacy. I got to check that out. I love sports books, like those type of books. There's actually a quote from the book that we put up in our office on the wall and I, I love it. So if, if it's okay what is it? share it. And it's vision without action is a dream. Action without vision is a nightmare. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Right. So we actually put that up. We had someone come in and put that up on the office wall. Yeah. That's really good. Okay, elevator question. Let's say you're in an elevator and you got 30 seconds to explain what do you do? What do you say? Plain simple. I just tell them I'm a mortgage broker, then I'd ask about them. I don't have the elevator pitch. I've never liked the elevator pitch. I'm a big fan of know me, like me, trust me, work with me. I've got so many deals from selling things on Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace. Right. It's because just... you're a likable guy. So then people go, hey, what do you do? And then it turns into business. Correct. Right. Okay. So DeLorean question, remember the car from back to the future, I put you in that car, send you back to 13 years ago when you first started, what would be three pieces of advice you'd give your, you know, younger self to make your business more successful today? I think the big one, right? Especially when I was getting started is don't worry about the brand. I got so hung up on trying to create a brand or a logo. And I find a lot of people do that in this business. Just go be you and go make the phone ring. Right. That's really good. Actually. Some people are like, Oh, I can't do it. I got to get my website and my logo and nobody cares. They don't. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Just get after it. You right. are the brand, especially in the beginning. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Any other advice you give yourself? I would also say again, and I haven't been good at this from the outside. It's always just trying to get the deal done. And yes, we can do it. It's setting the realistic expectations, taking control of the deal right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. The last one. Recently. So one thing I've been struggling with is just being somebody's plan B, Scott. Right? Like you get calls, like maybe the bank's dropping the ball over here. I've recently started to push back and say, well, yeah, I can get in and get involved now, but I want a commitment from you that if I do this, you're going to stick with me. And I actually even sent a fee direction out to a client. 
said, I'm going to charge a 1% fee. If you close the mortgage with me, then that fee's waived. But if right. not, I'm not going to put all this extra added pressure and stress on my team and my underwriters to try to get a deal done for you in two days because your current bank is just dragging their feet. Also, right. you can just tell me you're going to stick with your current bank anyway. Yeah, no, that's good. You have to have a standard. So that's great. So, hey, man, it's been great to chat with you. And if you're ever out in our neck of the woods, hit me up. I'd love to connect when it's legal, of course. <laughs> if it's illegal, then don't do that. But it'd be great to connect. And so where can people find you online? Mortgageconnection.ca. Okay, awesome, man. Well, Josh, I'm glad that you're still killing it, even in a what I see as a very challenging market that you had up until recently to continue to crush out 100 million a year is very impressive. So good job, brother. Well, thank you, Scott. And thank you for all that you do for our industry. I mean that. Thank you very much. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.